You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today, um, we're going to be looking at prospects in the second round and third round and discussing... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, No, we're going to talk about Jordan Love. Um, I guess we should probably talk about the second and third round as well, but obviously that's what everybody wants to hear. I understand everybody's upset. I also understand that most of us are currently in the process. And this is... Listen... This is what we expected to happen. Not necessarily love, but they're going to take somebody that isn't in our top group, right? Some of us, we wanted Queen or LaVisca or Justin Jefferson or whoever we thought. You had to know that it probably wasn't going to be one of the top three guys on your list. And um, you knew that the entire next day you were going to spend trying to rationalize how this was a good pick. And I don't want to, I got to strike a balance here. Because I don't want to insult you by sitting here and trying to explain to you why this is the greatest pick ever. Especially after I have literally an entire podcast talking about how I don't like Jordan Love and I think he's Mitch Trubisky. So I'm not going to do that. However, we do have to do a little bit of rationalizing. Jordan Love is a Green Bay Packer, and as of right now, he is... We'll see what happens. Not We have plenty of time if this doesn't pan out to find another quarterback prospect. But as of right now, this is the next in line after Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. This is a very, very big deal. And we don't want to make the same mistake we did, not me necessarily, because I was not paying as close of attention. I know a lot of people were very upset about Aaron Rodgers. We don't want to make that mistake. And especially me with a podcast, I don't want to have a lot of audio of me saying how horrible this is when he goes on to win three Super Bowls for the Green Bay Packers and is the next great quarterback. That's not what I want. I don't want that to be my legacy as the dumb podcaster who kept screaming, I don't want Jordan Love clipping highlights of look at what the fans used to say listen to what these podcasters said listen to what the national media said as as motivation for why he has a chip on his shoulder i don't want to be that guy and i'm not going to be that guy and what i can tell you is that i am absolutely overwhelmed with the amount of work that i need to do i've been trying to listen to podcasts i've been trying to listen to youtube channels and reactions and reading comments and responding to tweets and and messages that I'm getting overwhelmed with and trying to just process all this. And I kind of just realized it's 11 o'clock right now. I'm not going to be able to fully process this right now. There's just too much. This is something we're going to have to flesh out over the next days, weeks, and months to try to work through how this all plays out. And I can't expect myself, nor should you expect yourself, to fully be able to process this within 12 hours. But um, I guess I just want to kind of tell you where I'm at and move on for now. And if I change my mind or double back on anything, then that's just the case. Because, again, this is going to take some some time to, to fully flesh out what this all means. So that is what the uh, is on the agenda. I can tell you that I, I spent some time uh, working with Mr. Blaine. Uh, you might recognize him from the Facebook group. But him and I watched a lot of Jordan Love tape today. We ripped through somewhere between, like, eight maybe different games that we found on YouTube and both of us are feeling a little bit better than before there's still basic it's basically the same concern and and I hate to to summarize it before we even really get started but my concern with Jordan Love is 95% of the time when you watch him 
you're saying to yourself, this is a phenomenal quarterback. We are going to have, I mean, he could legitimately be the next great. No question. 95% of the time. The problem is there's that 5% that it's just like, what in the world are you doing? And the biggest fear I have is that that is Mitch Trubisky, right? He, he can put together a great drive. He can occasionally, he throws a great deep ball, but then when the game, and I shouldn't necessarily say when the game's on the line, but on occasion, you get down near the goal line, you get into that critical situation, you need a big play, and he just throws this pass where you're just thinking, what in the world was that? And that's where we're at. But keep in mind, He's not starting this year. Mitch Trubisky got pushed in right away. Mitch Trubisky didn't sit behind and learn from anybody. I don't know how easily it's going to be, how easily you're going to be able to coach it out of the guy, but the, the thing with Jordan Love has always been, he's got great potential, but he's going to need to, to sit somewhere. This is the absolute 100,000% best case scenario. I, I challenge you to find a better scenario for Jordan Love. There isn't one. From Jordan Love's perspective, falling down to the Green Bay Packers is the 100,000% best case scenario. Because all the other really great quarterbacks in the league, you know, maybe if you want to say Tampa, Tampa would be the only other situation where you learn from Tom Brady and then he's about to go out in the next couple years. But even if you consider style, Jordan Love is much more of an Aaron Rodgers type quarterback. The the mobility, the throwing off platform, the all these different kinds of stuff. Tom Brady is a pocket passer. He stands in the pocket and he throws to the open guy. To be able to do the kinds of things, to to be able to mature Jordan Love into the quarterback that Jordan Love needs to be. You don't want to turn Jordan Love into Tom Brady. You want Jordan Love to become what he can be at his best. You need a guy like Russell Wilson, like Pat Mahomes, like Aaron Rodgers to be able to teach him. And, And Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes are going to be around a lot longer than Aaron Rodgers is. This is the best case scenario for Jordan Love to be able to sit, to be able to learn, and to be able to learn in a more modern offense. Matt LaFleur is looking for a Jordan Love type quarterback because Jordan Love is a sort of a more new age modern quarterback. And Jordan Love needs a newer kind of system. I can't definitively say, and in fact I can relatively definitively say that Tampa Bay is not a great fit in terms of what it is that they're trying to do and what Jordan Love is good at. You look at what, and maybe this is not the direction they want to go, but Tampa Bay is a drop back and launch the ball down the field kind of team. That's not what Jordan Love needs, especially from a guy that's a pocket passer. That's not what they need. Even Kansas City is a lot of that. They do do a little bit of dink and dunk type stuff, but they launch the ball down the field a lot. To be able to operate in a system that is a Shanahan system makes absolute perfect sense. He is a guy that runs a lot of read option constantly keeping defenses on their toes most of the time he's going to pull the he's going to pull the ball he's going to throw it to an open receiver very short you know a short pass five yards down the field and so you're you're setting all these things up and this is what we learn from Matt LaFleur all the time about how we we have plays developed off of plays where everything kind of looks like everything else and everything starts off looking like a handoff not necessarily that that's what LaFleur is doing now, but to say that that isn't where he wants to go with it. So it starts off, it looks like a, a handoff. He's either going to give it to him or he's going to keep it. And then if he hangs onto the ball, is he going to run or is he going to pass? So right away, you've got everything looking kind of similar to everything else. Not that every play is this way, but the standard play for Jordan Love is that he's handing the ball off. Is he going to let the running back have it? Is he going to keep it and run or is he going to take it and throw it? And so when you do that, you're freezing everybody. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if you have reservations, you need to just go watch it. Don't watch highlights. Go watch some of his games. And the problem is, if you type in Jordan Love verse and you watch that first game, that's probably his worst game. That's the game in which he throws like five interceptions. That is the, the worst case scenario with Jordan Love. Keep going. Watch that game. Understand what makes, what makes you nervous about him. But keep going. He's got some great games. He was scrapping it out with LSU. 
He he almost he and the, this terrible team. And and by the way, go look at how many times his team dropped beautiful passes. These guys are not good. They are not good at getting separation. They are terrible at catching the football. They're terrible at yards after the catch. So if statistics are a problem for you, that's, you know, whatever. But watch how he goes toe-to-toe with, I think, the 11th-ranked Michigan State and almost beats them. I'm not going to say he almost beat LSU because that was not even close. But, again, he, he keeps his head down and keeps grinding. And um, so, you know, it's never really been a question that he's a work in progress. The, the only question is, these couple of bad things, can we turn that off? Can we coach that out of him or not? If not, I think he's going to be a Trubisky. If you can, and again, best case scenario, you sit for a couple years, you try to teach him, you try to train him, you, you build him up, learn from one of the greatest to ever do it, especially this style of play, to be able to throw off platform, to be able to throw on the run, to be able to, to, to figure things out as plays break down and all that kind of stuff, which I already think he's good at. The, the interceptions he throws are not... It's not what you would think where it's these big plays that are just bad throws or, or whatever. Usually it's there's a guy just squatting and he just th- rips it and throws it and doesn't even see the defender and he just easily picks I mean, it's just it's simple little stuff where it's like, dude, just take a minute and figure out what's going on. But we have time. So that 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 is sort of my thought on Jordan Love. And I know a lot of you are probably even thinking, I don't, I don't care. The point is we needed somebody to win now and he's going to sit on the bench. How does that help us? And I can sympathize with that argument. You know what? I need to slow down because we need to take a break at some point. So, so that's sort of my general thoughts on Jordan Love. Is I do I do like him as a quarterback prospect. I'm worried very much, and he definitely has to fix some things, or he's not going to be a good quarterback. But his upside is clearly there, especially in a Shanahan style offense. I genuinely believe that, and so I understand the critique of what about this year, and I want to address that. Um, but again, uh, first of all, thank you guys who decided to join me for the stream. I, I do not think I'm going to do it again tonight. I might. It's just It really is a lot of work. It doesn't seem like it because I'm just sitting here rambling. But it's just, it just is, and it's kind of hard. Um, and it's, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But thank you guys very much for, uh, for joining in with me on that and humoring me because I know I'm not a very good host. Sometimes I just sit there and watch TV and I'm not talking. But I really enjoyed it, and I hope you guys did too. Um, and then thank you very much to, uh, to Jesse and Ross for jumping in on Patreon. I really appreciate that support. Uh, thank you to Justin for shooting me that little bit on, uh, Facebook. Very greatly appreciated. And was it Kyle? There's so many different ways to donate that I'm, I'm getting lost and I apologize. But anybody that showed support in any way, whether that was just joining the stream and humoring me and, uh, just hanging out with me last night, which is just awesome. I, I just like doing that. That's... With all this stuff, just even the podcast and everything, I don't like coming into this with the notion that I'm the expert and you guys are a bunch of dummies and should do what I say. To me, this is like I'm hanging out with friends of mine that are Packer fans, and since I can't hear you, I'm just going to do all the talking. Hope that's okay. But 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 then you guys respond in the comments and everything else, so it kind of it all just works out. It's like a weird conversation where I send you a very long voice chat. And then you guys respond in the co- in the comments or tweets or whatever, however you respond to whatever I say. So it's kind of a weird podcast from that standpoint. I've never pretended to be an authority. Because I'm not. Just like with all my draft takes. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just, I really like this guy because I think he's good. And if he's not, I don't care. I'm not trying to make it in this industry. I'm not trying to be a GM. I don't care. Just a fan, man. Very loud and opinionated fan. That's all I am. It's also why I'm not sensitive about people attacking my opinions. Because, yeah, yeah, probably right. I'm probably wrong. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not going to fly off the rails and block you and scream at you and call you names. I genuinely just don't care. Anyways, um, 
not trying to get all sentimental on you. Just appreciative, that's all. Why don't we take a break and uh, kind of come at this from a couple different angles. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Man, I am so uh, so torn on how to even be. Let's start with this. The draft isn't over. Let's let's start with that. Um, because, I, I again, a lot of people, the biggest concern, they couldn't care less whether Jordan Love is the next guy or not. The, the point is, I want to win in 2020. I want a Super Bowl. And you didn't help us win a Super Bowl this year. And I completely understand that standpoint. That's not exactly where I'm at. Here, here's my thought, and I, I think that this is a, a reasonable opinion to have. If you are the GM of a, of a football team, if you genuinely believe, and you have talked to your head coach and believe that Jordan Love is exactly what you need, and there's no question, his style of play, look at who they talked to. It wasn't just him, it was Jalen Hurts. Very similar styles of player. This is what he needs for his system. And I'm not saying anything, I, I think... Aaron Rodgers is very similar to a Devontae Adams. It's not that Aaron Rodgers doesn't fit this system. Aaron Rodgers maybe has been operating in a different system and he thrives in a certain particular kind of system, but the point is he's a good enough quarterback to be able to operate in any system. But if you're looking for a prototype for um, this system and for Matt LaFleur, it's Jordan Love. So, But anyways, if this is the guy and you and your staff have gotten together and say, listen, he's got some, some bugs, but we genuinely believe this can be the next great quarterback. We believe he has the ability to be a great franchise quarterback. We believe we can coach these things out. We can do this, that, or the other. We we saw, this is another thing to keep in mind, how good he was in 2018, and we can justify why he fell off in 2019. There's a massive difference. We'll look at the difference between 2018 and 2019, which is staggering. If all those things are true, and you make the decision, rather than to trade up to get the next great quarterback in line with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, rather than do that, we're going to sit and wait and take a linebacker? You are a terrible GM. You don't do that, ever. I mean, we, we, listen, we've heard him say that, and we know it's true, where they talk about, if, if listen, if there's a good quarterback that we believe can help us, whatever, and can be a great quarterback, you always take him. You always take him. I believe him when they say that, and and I believe that they're right. Now, whether or not some GMs maybe wouldn't have the guts to do it, and maybe some GMs, especially when they think their job is on the line, they're saying, "Look, you know, I mean, look at the Detroit Lions, for example. Would it have been the worst thing in the world to look at quarterback? Maybe, maybe not. But the point is, they would never do that because they have to win this year, or they're going to lose their jobs. So they're willing to do the wrong thing. If you're going to actually do your job well, and again." The, the question for me is, is he actually the next great quarterback? If he is, there's no question they did the right thing. And here's the other thing. There's a there's a big question, and I listened to, I don't know who it was, one of these AM radio guys. Um, but anyways, they had their podcast, and they were they were screaming about, well, why did you need to trade up? Because none of these other teams, the, the, uh, the Seahawks weren't going to take a quarterback. Blah, 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 blah. Listen to me. It's not just about jumping teams that are going to take him. It's about Jordan Love is here. He has gotten, he has crossed that threshold to which it is a good value, not just to take him, but we're willing to not only give up a first round pick, but a first and a fourth. We, we believe in him that much that he is worth that much value to us. The point is, at that point, you pull the trigger. 
Now, we can debate whether or not that's true for every position. It's 100% true for a quarterback. He's he's crossed that threshold. Again, like I've talked about with the, the dumb analogy that I have with the, the money. Pick 30 is worth 4 bucks. Their fourth round pick is worth a buck. Jordan Love is worth $5 to us. So we're going to pay $5 for him. Or he's worth 6 Or what it point is... He's our guy. He made it far enough to where we're willing to go up and get him. And so you do it. And again, the point is, it's not about who's after us. It's not a matter of, well, Seattle wouldn't have taken him, and Baltimore wouldn't have taken him, and Tennessee wouldn't have taken him, so why did we do it? That's not the point. If you'd like to know the point, let me uh, elaborate for you. Here is a comment, and I don't know who this person is, Pete Sweeney. It says, quote, GM Brett Veach said that once Green Bay traded up, the phone went silent on potential trade-up. Meaning there were teams, and, and Brett Veach is the, the Chiefs um, GM. So the Chiefs, and I'm sure a lot of other teams, are getting phone calls and phone calls and phone calls. And teams aren't saying what they want to trade up for. They're just saying, we want to come up, we want to come up, we want to come up. They're fielding offers, they're trying to get the best offer, they're trying to work out all these deals. The Packers move up and suddenly the phone dies. Nobody wants to come up anymore. I wonder why. Because there are teams in the second round trying to get up making phone calls right now to come up and get Jordan Love. Just Jordan Love. That's what they're trying to do. So if the Packers wait, they're not getting Jordan Love because he's not going to make it to 30. I understand Brett Veach is after. The point is, though, they're working the phones, calling a bunch of different teams to see what it's going to cost to move up. Once Jordan Love was gone, nobody wanted to move up anymore. Interesting, isn't it? It's not about the Seahawks. It's not about the Ravens. It's not about the Titans. It's about the Colts. It's about possibly the Patriots moving back up. It's about the Panthers. It's about the Jaguars. It's about the Bears, by the way. It's not impossible that the Bears are trying to move up. They've got two second-round picks. They could have gotten up to that point. And we know they want a quarterback, right? Think about that for a minute. Maybe Jordan Love is a good quarterback, and we just kept him out of the hands of the Bears. Just just throwing it out there. But again, that that's really the biggest thing. And, and the, the question I have, it's not so much about... Um, we need to win now. I don't think that's the right attitude to have. You need to make the right decisions as a GM every single year. If you're making terrible decisions so that you're better now and worse later, that's not what a GM is supposed to do. So I'm not on board with you with that. The only question is, is this the right decision? Is Jordan Love worth the pick? And Another concern, and, and, and the other the other hard thing about this is, you know, you can talk about how next year there's better quarterbacks. You're never guaranteed, especially as a team right now that is already a playoff team, the odds of us picking in the top 10 are pretty close to zero, unless Rodgers gets hurt. So there's, there's always the question of, well, if we get love, what if we have an opportunity to get a really good quarterback next year? Do we just pass on him because we have love? That would be pretty catastrophic, but I don't think you can look at it from that perspective. Cross that bridge when you come to it. You can't pass on love because maybe Aaron Rodgers will get hurt and we'll get a top five pick and we'll get one of the better quarterbacks. If that happens, fine. Do it. I mean, the Cardinals did it. They took a quarterback and then the next year they're like, well, looks like we got the number one pick. We're going to take a better quarterback. That's a problem at another time. The point is, again, if he is, as Gutekunst clearly believes he can be a franchise quarterback, if he is the guy, if he's a perfect fit for your system and for what Matt LaFleur wants to do, and he's legitimately potentially going to make it to 30, although you probably don't think he will, similar to Brett Fa- or, uh, to yeah the Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers situation, where kind of last minute it was like, what if he falls? Not that it's a direct parallel, because Aaron Rodgers legitimately could have been number one. But there's still the question of Jordan Love probably going to go in the mid-teens, 
but he might fall. What if he does? What should we do? So what did they do? They started meeting with him. They started questioning all this stuff, and they came to the conclusion that if he makes it this far, we're going to go get him. I can't be mad at him for that. The only thing I can do is sit here and say, you better be right. And I think that's all any of us can do. And again, some of you are going to say, no, I'm never going to be okay with it because you're not helping us win now. All I can say is that there isn't a single person. If, if you go watch Jordan Love, I, this is what I want you to do. Go watch Jordan Love. Look at him at his best. Understand what he could possibly bring to this team. And then ask yourself, how much more do you want Patrick Queen than that? Patrick Queen, in his lifetime, will never be able to make the same kind of impact that a quality quarterback like Jordan Love can. Again, just assuming he is, because that's all we can do. There's no wide receiver, linebacker, running back that can have anywhere near the kind of impact that a guy like Jordan Love can if he meets his full potential. Not even close. Not even close. Jordan Love at his best is going to carry us into another 10 to 15 years of amazing Green Bay Packers football. With that on the line, you don't pass that up for Patrick Queen. So again, the only question is he going to be that guy? Maybe he's not. I don't know. But Gutekunst said we're, we, we can't pass up the chance because we may legitimately never get another chance like this. And that's true. We've only got a couple years left for Aaron Rodgers. Next year's supposed to be a good quarterback group. But again, if we're picking at 30 or, or even 25 or whatever, and there's, I guarantee there's, I mean, I, I, geez, who was the guy I talked about yesterday? My, my, already my favorite guy in next year's class. Matt Coral. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just calling it right now. Matt Coral is going before Trevor Lawrence. I just said it. Matt Coral is, ugh. But, 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 but again, here's the thing. If we draft early enough to get Matt Coral, we take Matt Coral and forget Jordan Love. I don't care. But the point is, these Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Coral, they're gone in the top ten. Then what? We're stuck with Brock Purdy. Maybe we don't want Brock Purdy. And we're certainly not a team that's going to tank for anybody. We're, we're, I mean, we, we can't. We have Aaron Rodgers and Zadarius Smith and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari and Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos and Preston Smith. We, we can't tank. It's, it's physically impossible. I mean, assuming tanking means kind of just pulling back resources so that the team can't survive. This team is, is, is t- too talented to fall down low enough to draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or, or Matt Coral. Never going to happen, ever, unless there's an injury to Aaron Rodgers. But again, that's a separate issue. So when you have an opportunity, which is a rare, rare, rare opportunity, when you're drafting at the back of the draft and you have a chance to get a guy, you have to pull the trigger. And I I understand I'm talking in circles. I'm just trying to really drive home this point. The only question is, is, are they right about him being the next guy. If they are, this is the right decision. If they're not, it's the wrong decision. And as simple as that sounds, that is the only question. And all we can do is wait and see. And it's okay to have the opinion that he's not going to be that good. I've already said I'm very concerned about his ability to make good decisions. He makes way too many poor decisions. And I think historically, that's not something that just gets coached out of people. But we'll have to wait and see. You know, I mean, we, we can nitpick all kinds. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson. There were, all, there were a lot of questions about Lamar. Lamar obviously had a lot of upside, but there were a lot of questions. And I'm not saying he's the same kind of quarterback. I'm just talking in terms of, of let's just not pretend that a lot of people said Lamar isn't that great. A lot of people said he should, should not even be taken in the first. Some people were super high on him, as some people are with love. A lot of people said he's good, but he's a project. 
A lot of people look at the upside but say there's too much downside, right? I mean, we're talking the guy never hit 60% completion percentage. People are complaining about Jordan Love. He had 62% and in 2018, 64% completion percentage. Lamar in his last two years, years 59 and 56. Before that was 54. So, you know, a team decided to trade up at the back of the first round, as somebody would have done for Jordan Love. In his first year, Lamar Jackson was a little bit iffy. Right, you saw flashes, but there was also kind of like this. People were saying, myself included, this team isn't going to go anywhere with this guy. I had high hopes for him. I really thought he could be a good quarterback. I was hoping he could be the next Michael Vick, but I don't think he's going to do anything for this team. He just doesn't quite have it. Look how unbelievably wrong I was in his second year. And now it's not even a question anymore. So let's give the guy some time, all right? And let's also not forget that the draft isn't over. Let's remember that we have more today. We have two more picks at least. Well, maybe maybe not, depending on trades and whatnot. But let, let, let me also put it this way. If we draft KJ Hamler, I'm I'm just I'm I'm over the moon with this draft. <laughs> and and part of it is because when you watch Jordan Love, you realize guys that can get open quick are a great fit. And granted, there are some throws in there where he's throwing up some beautiful kind of 50-50 balls where you kind of want to get a guy like that. You know, a bigger buy. I mean, maybe you get like a T. Higgins or something. I doubt he makes it that far, but he's probably going to go relatively early. Which is another thing I actually want to look at real quick before we kind of cut this off is kind of look into the second round. See who's available and um, potential, right? Because a lot of wide receivers went in the first round. Teams probably aren't going to double up, so you figure those teams that are wide receiver needy aren't going to take it. Then you, So you remove them from the list. You look at wide receiver or teams that don't need wide receiver, and what you end up with are less teams that need wide receiver and still a lot of wide receivers available, depending on who you like and who you don't. I don't know. But I, I just think that that would be a fantastic fit. Not only a guy that can get open on this quick... I mean, th- th- he runs a quick offense, man. It, it, get the ball in your hands. Get it out of your hands. And I just feel like that would be a great pairing, those two guys. And then you get you add in the yards after the catch element, the ability to catch it at five yards and just outrun the rest of the defense to, to take it to the house or get another 15, 20 yards, whatever it is. Not that we would see that pairing for quite a while anyways. He would end up being Aaron Rodgers' guy, but... Um, I, I don't know, man. I, the other thing I can't help but think is I really hope, and I, I don't want to cast any doubt, but let's just be honest about what it is. I really hope there's a preseason because um, I want to see Jordan Love play, and I really think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And, and look, there might be interceptions and all this stuff, but the point is when you go into that preseason, you're going to see Jordan Love come out, and he's going to play a lot right? because you don't care about your third-string guy, and Rodgers isn't going to play because you want to protect him. So it's going to be like three quarters of Jordan Love, at least a half every single game. And I, I really think he's going to impress some people. I really do. I mean, he's going to have a much better offensive line than he played behind at Utah State. He was getting chased constantly. He's got much better wide receivers who have the ability to get open, who have the ability to catch these 50-50. I just think he's going to have some success, and I think he's going to surprise some people. And I remember that with Aaron Rodgers as well. I, I remember I didn't know much about him. I didn't care. I wasn't angry. I, I wasn't really following the draft. I remember my uncle was real upset. We should have taken this guy. This was a bad pick, which is weird because Aaron Rodgers fell or whatever. But I think, I don't know if it was Alex Smith that he liked, who I know was gone. But it, it, either way, there, there was always that kind of he's no good. And I remember it was my 21st birthday party and I had people over. I think I've told this story before. But after years of watching him in the preseason, it's one of those things where in the preseason you're watching him and it's like, dude, this guy's actually kind of good. And you keep seeing it and you keep seeing it, but whatever, it's just preseason. But this was on my 21st birthday. This was in, um, wasn't actually on the day, so it was either late November or early December. And Brett Favre got hurt and Aaron Rodgers came in. And I had one friend who will remain unnamed 
very, very much a Brett Favre loyalist. He was a Jet Favre guy all the way. Forget this dumb Aaron Rodgers guy. He's a bum. Get him out of here. I don't like him. You know, just just laying into him. I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. He's pretty good. And I remember he went 10 for 10. And after that 10th in a row completion, uh, my buddy was like, all right, I guess he's pretty good. <laughs> and that was that was it. That was the start of it. That's how it all started. But it but it all but again, it all actually started in the preseason of him actually just being good. And I remember actually being kind of surprised by that, which I shouldn't have been. He was a first round pick, but I you know, again, I wasn't as I wasn't paying as close of attention. You see quarterbacks in the preseason, you like some, you don't like some. But I remember watching him and just thinking, yeah, this dude is he's legit, man. He's pretty good. And again, he's raw, so there's gonna be some mistakes and there's gonna be this and that, but I think we're gonna I think people are gonna be surprised. Especially compared to what we've seen, you know, you got to remember, we're, we're waiting, we're getting most of our quarterbacks in undrafted free agency. I mean, not all of them. There was uh, Hundley, who was a fourth-round pick, but still a fourth-round pick. You had uh, Kaiser, which is the one that scares me the most, because that was an early second-round pick that apparently the Packers really liked. But Kaiser was a different kind of guy as well. There's no comparison, really, between Kaiser and... Um, and Jordan Love in terms of, of style of play. And, and that was a different offense. That was a whole different scenario. But Kaiser was a pocket passer. He's a stand-in-the-pocket, big arm, big down-the-field kind of guy. Love is not that at all. Love is more of an Aaron Rodgers type. He's more of a get-the-ball-out-quick, short dink-and-dunk, work your way down the field, methodical, you know, stay in the system, scheme a guy open, get the guy open, complete the pass, get the first down, march down the field slowly, methodically, and, and work your way in that way, occasionally taking that big chunk, right? But you're biding your time, you're waiting. Kaiser was a, I just want to stand here and launch 30-yard passes all day long. So very different type of quarterback. But in terms of evaluation, it just makes me nervous that that was a pretty big miss. But also, let's not forget that he was thrust into that quarterback role early. He, he was another guy that needed to sit, and he had to start day one. So... You know, I, listen, I understand the reservations. I understand wanting a big impact guy that was going to help us this year, especially when free agency, we didn't really do much. But the draft is not over. We'll see what they end up doing. Also, let's let's not forget um, how much success the Packers have had with second-round wide receivers. I don't know that we're going to draft a wide receiver, and there's no guarantee that that's going to be the case. But Devontae Adams was in the second round. Jordy Nelson was a second-round guy. Randall Cobb was a second-round guy. Greg Jennings. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking some of the best wide receivers. I mean, easily the best in Packers history. Devontae, Jordy, and Jennings? I mean, come on. on a, and on a historically deep wide receiver class, you say, well, Jennings was 52nd overall. We're not picking until 62nd or whatever. You know, it's a, it's a slightly later pick. Yeah, but are we going to pretend that that was as deep of a wide receiver class? Greg Jennings was the fourth wide receiver taken that entire draft. The next wide receiver taken after Jennings was in the third round, pick 78. There were no wide receivers in this class. Santonio Holmes went 25 to the Steelers. That was the first wide receiver taken. The second one was Chad Jackson at pick 36, and then Sonoris Moss. And the Packers sniped Greg Jennings, the only pro bowler, by the way, of that entire group. As a matter of fact, let me go through this whole thing here. Uh, Brandon Marshall was taken in the fourth round, also a pro bowler. Um, nope, 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 nothing, 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 nothing. That's it. There were two pro bowlers in this entire draft class at wide receiver, and the Packers got the top wide receiver in the entire draft class. I understand it's a different GM, but also understand that there is a tradition and there's a certain way of doing things. This is the understudy of Ted Thompson, who, by the way, let's not forget, is still working for Green Bay. I don't exactly know in what capacity, but 
but Ted Thompson is still in the house as the senior advisor to football operations. The man who sniped Greg Jennings, the best wide receiver in this entire draft class, at pick 52, a very, very weak, weak wide receiver class. This, I mean, this has to be a historically bad wide receiver class. And he gets the one, one of only two decent wide receivers in the entire draft class. He got one. Let's look at the 2008 draft, shall we? A historically weak wide receiver class. Oh, I thought 2000. Yeah, it was. It was bad. You know how bad this one was? Guess how many wide receivers are taken in the first round? The year Jordy Nelson was taken, zero. Not one wide receiver. The first wide receiver taken was Donnie Avery by the St. Louis Rams at pick 33. Then Devin Thomas, uh, wide receiver at 34. Then Jordy Nelson was taken at 36. Guess which one is a pro bowler? James Hardy, Eddie Royal, uh, Jerome Simpson, Deshaun Jackson, Malcolm Kelly, Lemus Swede, Dexter Jackson. Kids are excited to tell me we're buying a bathtub for the new baby. Those are the first two rounds. Those are the wide receivers. Again, garbage, with the exception of Deshaun Jackson. And Jordy Nelson goes. And by the way, Jordy Nelson, again, there's, there's, it's not that they're all bad, but it's still that Jordy Nelson is better than Deshaun Jackson. That's not really debatable. Of the other wide receivers taken in the draft, let's see, any other pro bowlers, any other. We got Matthew Slater, apparently probably one garbage year. I don't know. Uh, scrolling, 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 scrolling. That's it. Three wide receivers in this, in this entire draft class went to the Pro Bowl. Only two of them are, are actually good wide receivers, and the best by far in the entire draft class. Two years after getting the best wide receiver in that draft class, the Packers picked the best wide receiver in this draft class, who was Jordy Nelson. And they got him in the second round. Again, in historically weak wide receiver classes. And then we have the complete opposite example with the uh, pick of Randall Cobb, but it's still a very similar and extremely impressive uh, pick because this is a little bit more of a deeper class in which there are very good wide receivers. However, interestingly enough, you look at all these wide receivers taken, the only good wide receivers taken, the only ones are the first two taken very, very early. A.J. Green, Julio Jones taken both in the top six. After that, there's a group of Jonathan Baldwin, Titus Young, Torrey Smith, Greg Little, Randall Cobb, Austin Pettis, Leonard Hankerson, Vincent Brown, uh, Jarrell Jernigan. Of that entire list, three wide receivers are pro bowlers. Two of them were taken in the top ten. One of them was taken in the second round. Guess which team snagged them? And by the way, the last pick in the second round, pick 64 after we won the Super Bowl, the last pick in the second round, Randall Cobb was taken. Before Randall Cobb, Greg Little, Torrey Smith, Titus Young, Jonathan Baldwin, all taken at wide receiver, including Jonathan Baldwin taken at 26 by the Kansas City Chiefs. The Packers get the one elite wide receiver in Randall Cobb. It's also making me feel pretty good about K.J. Hamler because that would be a good Randall Cobb thing. You know, a lot of wide receivers go, but we get the tiny little slot guy, you know, just repeating history at the end of the second round, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to say have faith, man. This is, a, this is if, if, there's a, if there is one thing this team is just incredible at, and whether or not they can still do it, I don't know, but it's being able to sniff out great wide receiver talent and if they say i don't want i mean who's even available there's there's t higgins lavisca chenault denzel mims that's i mean as far as legit first round prospects that's probably it and the packers are like nah i'm good i'm gonna trust their judgment on that one now you know again we can complain about the linebacker and i'm not gonna go back over that the point is if you got a quarterback you take the quarterback but I'm going to trust their... And, and maybe they don't take a wide receiver. They might do something crazy again, and I'm going to sit here and have to justify all over again why we didn't need to take a wide receiver. I don't know what their plan is. 
But the point is, if anyone's going to find the one wide receiver that's just sitting there that's a great wide receiver, the Packers are going to be the ones to do it. Historically, not only can they find the talent, they're the only ones that can. We went into this draft saying, in Goot, we trust. I'm not going to bail on that because he says he found us the next quarterback of the future. I'm not going to say I don't trust him anymore because he didn't get us a linebacker. And I, I also completely understand getting, you know, I mean, we spend a lot of time on this, man. You and I and, and the rest of us, we've all spent months getting excited about prospects. And the, the only guy we, we asked him not to draft was Jordan Love. We didn't ask a lot. I feel like we were pretty open to a lot of things. We even, some of us came around to the idea that, you know, I, I, I'm not excited about Mims. I hope we don't get Mims, but I'll, I'll tolerate it. Just, just not, just, just please. Please not Jordan Love. And he did it. And I understand just flying off the rails on that. If you were live on the broadcast, it went dark over here for probably a solid minute. Just 60 seconds of me just staring at my ceiling, asking God why. And just just starting to actually believe the idea that Gutekunst does listen to this show and just hates me. Because he went out and got Funchess. Then he went out and got Gerald Willis, and then he drafted it. <laughs> I mean, he's, if, if, if you were to ask me, okay, which, which wide receiver would you like the least if he's going to go out in free agency, I'd be like, oh, how about Funchess? And he went and got Funchess. Which, which defensive tackle is your least favorite in all of history? I'm going to say Gerald Willis. What's the one pick you don't want him to make in the first round? I would have said Jordan Love. Again, I'm coming around to it, and I'm going to trust him that he has that ability and that they can coach him up, and I'm excited to get a chance to watch him, and, and for all I know, he's going to be the next great thing in about three years. And let's, let's look at that while we're talking about it. So we know it's going to be a couple years where he needs to sit, and that's fine. The point is, though, after two years, the Packers can move on. And, I, you know, I don't want to come off as though I'm saying something that I'm not because they just paid Aaron Rodgers a lot of money to stick around. But I don't know that Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst are as Aaron Rodgers or bust as the rest of us. I don't think they believe Aaron Rodgers is as flawless as a lot of Packer fans do. I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to go any further down that path because, I, I, again, I don't want people reading too much into what I'm saying. I, I just, I, I don't, I'll say this. I, I think if they have a quarterback in 2020 that they believe is can take the reins, I think they're going to be comfortable letting Aaron Rodgers walk. And 2022 is about as early as that can be. Now, that's a $17 million dead cap hit. It's a lot of dead money. However, that's a uh, cash savings of $22.5 million because he's, he's, his cap hit is $40 million bucks in 2022. So, I mean, we, this is, I mean, if Jordan Love's a good quarterback, we got two more years of Aaron Rodgers. That's it. And again, and even if he's not, then we've only got another two years after that before we legit, I mean, we have to find somebody. We have to start that process, which again is, is part of the reason why if you get a guy that has that potential, you got to start taking swings. And better to do it now and find out it's not going to work and find somebody else than to wait until the the perfect thing. Well, we're not going to do it now because we want to win now. And then next year when we don't win, what what, is it, what are all the fans going to say? Well, we got to win now. We can't get a quarterback. We need to win now. And then in 2022, it's like, okay, well, now we need to get a quarterback. Well, guess what? There are none. You can't just speak it into existence. I mean, you can't wait until 2023 when it's his last year of his contract and say, okay, well, now it's his last year. I guess we better draft somebody. Who? Who exactly? Since we've been stacking up with win-now candidates, we're a pretty good football team. So we're going to be picking at what, 28? And there's two good quarterbacks in the whole draft that are gone by the top five picks? And then two second-round guys go in the first round because it's such a weak quarterback class? What are you going to do? You're just going to pick a, a, a garbage quarterback because we literally have no options? 
Again, you can't just snap your fit. You can't just at this point say, well, I think in 2022 we'll draft a quarterback. That's not a thing you can do. So again, all, all I can encourage you to do, and I think a little later, actually pretty soon here, because I think the family's going to go do some stuff, but um, I'm going to start doing some videos, uh, positive and negative, just looking at Jordan Love and just, just giving my thoughts. Again, he's a flawed prospect. Um, there's no question about it, and I'm sure Gutekunst sees that, but, but I, I think we're all so missing, and maybe this is my fault for coming down so hard on him, because my ultimate determination was no thank you. But again, 95% of the time when you're watching him, you're watching a quarterback that gets you very excited. He's not Matt Corral. He's not Trevor Lawrence, but um, he gets you excited. It's just those last little bits, and we got two years to work through that. And if he can work through that and, and start to develop a little bit better in terms of the mental processing aspect of it. And Jordan Love got a 27 on the Wonderlick. I don't think that's horrible. It's not, you know, brainiac level. It's kind of middle of the pack, I think. But I think he has, you know, at least enough to be able to... And, and I don't think he's mentally deficient. I think he's a smart quarterback, and, and he processes things quick. I mean, it's a, it's a high-tempo offense. So he gets the ball, he looks, 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 boom, ball's out. So he's got all that processing stuff down. I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking in circles, but th- that's that's the bottom line. It's it's really just a matter of he better hit. That's all there is to it. If he doesn't, this this wasn't great. But um, the logic is there, and, and it's, it's as simple as that. If he's the guy, you draft him. I wouldn't have done it because I don't think he's the guy. But I'm still going to stand on the ingoot we trust. I'm not going to get upset because this isn't a win-now thing. As much as I want a win-now guy, that's not the correct way to be a GM. It's just not. As upset as you are, as upset as I am about wanting to win a Super Bowl this year and it's this year or bust, that's how you become a very bad team very quickly. You you draft and use free agency to win today at the expense of tomorrow. That's how you become a garbage football team. Look at the Chicago Bears and Khalil Mack, something a lot of other Packer fans wanted to do that I was very much against. They gave away a ton of draft picks, which has destroyed them. It has hurt their salary cap. They don't have any money. They don't have any draft picks, and their team is eroding rapidly for a guy that is that is a good, not great pass rusher at this point. I mean, last year wasn't even that good. I guess that's an understatement. He's still very good, but it, it was a bad decision for the Bears to do that. It was a bad decision, and it is actively hurting them right now to not have the And after this, it's fine, but, I mean, again, now you've got still a very expensive pass rusher, you know, next year you got a first-round pick again. Cool. Look how many years you've been eroding because you don't have any picks. That was an example of do something now at the expense of tomorrow, and it destroyed their team. One pick. One one move. I mean, there's more to it just, than just that one move and a lot of bad decisions, but it, they were all win-now decisions at the expense of tomorrow. Don't do that. Now, you would also don't want to go too far in the Ted Thompson realm of win tomorrow at the expense of today. I think Ted Thompson took that a little bit too far, but this is not an example of that. Every team ever. When you come in striking distance of a quarterback that can help you win that you believe is a franchise quarterback, you pull the trigger. End of story. So I, I don't think I have anything else to say on that without continuing to run in circles. Um, we'll leave it at that. I'm sure I left out some stuff again. There's a lot to flesh out, and I'm sure my opinion on things will change over time. But um, again, all I can tell you to do is go watch. Go watch them. I don't know what else to say. But you folks have yourselves a great day. We got another one today. Again, I di- I'm I'm leaning towards not doing a stream, but that also may change. So um, either way, I'll be around if you want to, you know, be in the group or whatever. We'll talk. But have a great day, and uh, talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.